the University of Johannesburg. The future reimagined. Hello, and a warm welcome to all of you listening to this podcast. This is part of our podcast series, Innovative Research at the University of Johannesburg. My name is Professor Maria Fromarp, and I'm the Executive Director of the Library at UJ and the host of these podcasts. It is my pleasure um, to welcome our guest today, Professor Karen Runciman, and she is the Director of the Center for Social Change at the University of Johannesburg. Professor Karen has been part of a very exciting survey that has been done by the center looking at how people are experiencing COVID and how people are understanding the vaccine and the take-up of the vaccine. So, Professor Karen, I'm going to start by asking you if you can tell us a little bit more about the work of your centre and then um, how you came to put together the survey that you've put together and the value of a survey in a time of crisis. So the Centre for Social Change is a research centre that is dedicated towards um, understanding the processes of social change, but particularly bottom-up processes of social change. So we are particularly interested in working-class politics and activism and how those can be spaces for real and meaningful um, forms of social change, not just here in South Africa, but across the African continent and internationally. So when COVID hit, of course, this is going to be something that um, is absolutely intrinsic to what the work that we do at the Centre for Social Change. We needed to understand what did this mean for South African society. And we were fortunate enough to um, partner with the Human Sciences Research Council and to work together uh, with them to put together this rapid response um, survey. Um, which we were able to field relatively quickly. We were in field by about April. Um, and this gave us our first snapshot of what people were experiencing during the pandemic. It could tell us about unemployment. It could tell us about hunger. It could tell us about what they thought, the how well they thought the president was doing. And we've now conducted this survey in three rounds. So what we're also able to see is how people's thoughts and experiences have been changing over the pandemic. And this is going to be an incredibly important data set, not just for understanding the here and now, but for also understanding how the COVID-19 pandemic is going to shape South African society into the future. Um, so we're also hoping that this will be a data set that future researchers will want to work on as part of their understanding of hopefully a post-pandemic society. It's very interesting. You said you did field work or you went into the field. How was that possible? How did you collect your data during COVID? So this was an online survey. Um, so when I said I was going into the field, it was into the online space. And of course, as we know, particularly during the hard lockdown, you know, the traditional forms of face-to-face -face research were not possible. But what was really interesting to me was to find out um, how online research has advanced in South Africa from, I would even say, about you know, two or three years ago. So again, we were fortunate enough to um, partner with Bai Nu, who operates something called the Moya Messenger app, which is very similar to WhatsApp, and it allows its users to access these surveys for free. So so our participants did not incur any data costs for participating in the survey. 
Um, and what this has meant is that there's quite a broad representation in our, in our sample of South African society. So 45% come from townships and 20% come from rural areas and 11% from informal settlements. So it's not to say that there aren't some coverage gaps in our survey. For instance, we're less likely to get older people um, as they are less likely to be using smartphones. Um, but it does show the very broad reach of this kind of online surveying. And we have had over 150,000 people um, at least engage with the survey and 30,000 people fully completing the survey. And this is an incredibly high number for survey research. So it's also been incredibly useful to have such a broad range of perspectives from South Africans and very exciting to work with um, such survey data where people have given their time to respond to questions that we fielded. That sounds fantastic and so comprehensive. I know from my own experience that doing surveys is always difficult because people are reluctant to fill them out. Perhaps one of the things with COVID is that people had a little bit more time on their hands. So from this, what are some of the most interesting things regarding COVID that come out of these surveys, especially because you've now done them um, three times over the course of a year? One of the key findings throughout the three rounds of research is how important institutional and political trust is to shaping our response to the COVID-19 pandemic. So those who think that um, President Ramaphosa has done a good Sorry, job. can you just stop there? There's been a whole lot of background noise. No worries. Yeah, can we? Right, we're good to go. So one of the really important things that has come through all three rounds of the survey is the importance of institutional and political trust in shaping people's experiences and perceptions of the COVID-19 pandemic. So for those who believe that President Ramaphosa has done a good job in his response to the pandemic, they are much more likely to be compliant with public health measures such as wearing their mask and they're much, much more likely to want to take a COVID-19 vaccine compared to those um, who um, do, do not think that President Ramaphosa is doing a good job. So for those who believe he's doing a good job, um, there's about 70% of those people who, who say they will take a vaccine. But if you believe that President Ramaphosa is doing a bad job, it goes down to as low as 36%. So it shows how crucial um, the, the institutional trust and the political trust is to shaping um, these experiences and perceptions. So it highlights sort of the importance of the quality of South African democracy, um, that as we entered into this pandemic, we obviously had a number of challenges and many of these challenges have obviously worsened during the course of the pandemic. And But this has also been very crucial into shaping how people have responded to the pandemic. Um, and maybe for myself, that's not something I expected to find or expected to find so powerfully. And the fact that it remains consistent across these three rounds of the survey that we've conducted to date. Then I'm interested to know, has the pandemic um, affected people of different genders differently? Has there been any sort of um, stuff coming out of the data around gender? So interestingly, um, in, in South African um, social attitude surveying, um, both prior to the pandemic and during the pandemic, there is often very little gender differences in, in perceptions. 
But of course, what we do know is that there's been very different gendered experiences of the pandemic. So, of course, we're all very aware um, how women have taken on, you know, the gendered burden of care for um, the elderly, for children, for homeschooling. But also we know from other data sources, for instance, like the NITS CRAM survey, that women have disproportionately lost their jobs under the pandemic. It will be interesting to see that maybe we're not seeing those differences in the perceptions at the moment, but of course this could change as the situation on the ground changes for people. My next question was going to be a question around poverty, which I, you've begun to allude to. Um, and one of the things that I was wondering while you were talking was women and access to child grants. Um, versus men who don't have access to child grants but have also been losing jobs. Um, has there been any stuff coming out of the data around um, social security, child grants, old age grants, and poverty in general? So one of the questions that we did field in the survey was to ask people's opinions about the different measures that the government has taken to attempt to offset the economic impacts of COVID-19. So that includes, you know, obviously the top-ups to the child grants, as well as the introduction of the Social Relief of Distress grant. And what we found is that these um, interventions are very popularly supported across the board. So whether you are wealthy, whether you're poor, whether you live in the suburbs or an informal settlement, these are things that sort of everybody supports. And what this also demonstrated, particularly early on in the pandemic, was a kind of increased sense of social solidarity that we saw through the survey. That uh, lots of people believed that one of the outcomes of the pandemic may make South African society more united. And this is at the beginning of the pandemic. As time has gone on and people have become less sure about whether those forms of social solidarity will remain. Um, but what has remained is this very high degree of support of not just um, the introduction of the Social Relief of Distress Grant for now during the conditions of the pandemic, but demonstrating that there is support and quite widespread support, about two thirds of the population, support the introduction of a basic income grant. And again, what this is demonstrating, this is whether you are wealthy, um, whether you're living in an informal settlement, whether you're white, whether you're black, this is something that is very, very popularly supported and suggests that South Africans have appetite and the desire for more intervention to support um, those at, at the bottom. And I think this is a very pleasing finding um, and it gives perhaps political impetus to these discussions around a basic income grant. That's very interesting. Now, one of the things that we are all curious to understand is the uptake of the vaccine. Um, why are people hesitant to take up the vaccine? And why are some people quite positive about the vaccine? So um, in uh, December, the end of December and into January of this year, we conducted the third round of, of our UJHSRC COVID-19 democracy survey. And what that demonstrated is about two thirds of the population are willing to take a COVID-19 vaccine. So again, this is really, really pleasing given that two thirds is probably what we need to achieve herd immunity. It shows that on the most part, South Africans are willing to take the vaccine. We just want to be able to get the vaccine, which is of course the much more difficult challenge. 
But of course, it does leave about a third who are vaccine hesitant, who are either saying they're not sure if they'll take a vaccine or they definitely won't take a vaccine. And again, what was very, very interesting for me um, was to understand why people were vaccine hesitant. And what was slightly different about what we did compared to other people who are running similar surveys is we allowed people to respond in their own words about why they didn't want to take a vaccine. Um, so we were able to analyze 6,000 responses of people typing in their thoughts and feelings. Um, and what was really, really interesting about this was also the time that people took to write these answers and how considered these answers were. So I think while we often have a perception that vaccine hesitancy is driven by conspiracy theories and kind of very irrational kind of thoughts, what it really demonstrated is most people have very legitimate and rational concerns. They're worried about the speed of the development of the vaccine and potential side effects. And so what this demonstrates is that with good public health messaging that can maybe target these concerns, um, especially those who are saying they're not sure if they'll take a vaccine, and um, we kind of are calling these the movable middle, that, they're, that they may, with the right public health education, move towards being vaccine accepting. Um, those who were giving answers that were related to conspiracy theories were less than 10%. Also, interestingly, very few people mentioned social media as determining their answers. Um, and again, this goes a little bit against expectations. We expect social media to play a much, much bigger role. Um, but in the, in when people were free to respond in any way they wanted to, they didn't really mention social media. But what they did mention was the importance of those around them. So for those that were vaccine hesitant, it was very important for them to either see the president take the vaccine, which of course he has now done, um, but also they want to see those in their community take it. And if they see those around them, again, they're much more likely to want to take the vaccine. Um, so, so I think very, very interesting findings, but also very positive findings um, that really two thirds are willing to take the vaccine. They just want to be able to get a hold of the vaccine as I think many of us do. Professor Karen Ransomann, it has been so interesting speaking to you and so interesting to learn more about our country and about how people are coping with COVID. We hope that you have all enjoyed this podcast and we look forward to the next podcast and sharing some of the innovative and interesting research done at the University of Johannesburg. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Stay well and stay safe. The University of Johannesburg, the future reimagined.